All right. Well, hi, everyone. It's Omi Abuchi here with the Leading From Your Core podcast and podcast. This show is dedicated to helping leaders all around the world discover leadership wisdom, stories, and insights that will enable you to tap into the power of leading from the inside out. And I'm really delighted to welcome on the show today, TJ Power. Uh, TJ began his professional journey lecturing in psychology and neuroscience at the University of Exeter here in the UK. And after many years of deeply researching the origins of this alteration that we've had in society recently and the real focus on mental health, uh, TJ left the world of academia to build digital mind and has begun teaching thousands how best to navigate our fast-changing digital world. Um, his training experiences have taken him to Coca-Cola, the NHS here in the UK, Oxford University, Toronto University, and a wide range of schools. Uh, TJ, absolutely delighted to have you on the show today, and I am really, really looking forward to our conversation. So welcome. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Obi. Thanks for that great introduction as well. I'm uh, very excited to be in this conversation with you. Brilliant. And so I've heard you speak, I've heard you share some incredible insights about the mind and how we can get ourselves into a resourceful state, a purposeful state. I, we were talking earlier on, I just shared about my book, Leading From Your Core. And one of the things I talk about in that is unplugging from the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes pretty necessary. <laughs> I know. So, so we'll be talking about that and mental health and, and just some of the tips to help avoid burnout. But I'd just love to hear a bit about your story. How did you get into this? And you know, where was the fascination from you? And then we'll go into some of uh, what you share and teach. Yeah, so early days for me, I was a big golfer when I was younger. That was my first dream to, uh, to go down that route and head for my green jacket, which hasn't come true. However, I'm pretty happy with what's going on now. And in the golfing days, when I was taking it pretty seriously, I was exposed to a lot of sports psychology. And that was kind of my first eye into this world of psychology and how the mind was working. And with that in mind, I chose at 16 to study psychology for the first time at college. And it was just the first subject that I thought, wow, this is so interesting. This is so applicable to humans. I can really use the information I'm learning to support people around me. And I always kind of had this instinctive urge to like help people navigate some of their lower times. I just found like I intuitively connected with that that idea and studied it at college thought definitely going to do this at university went down to Exeter to study psychology at university and then kind of just went from there got offered this gig to become a lecturer when I was 22 there which was like a really exciting opportunity to suddenly start like teaching about this stuff and I just feel very lucky I found something that I'm super connected with love to research love to teach and yeah it's brought me up till here <laughs> brilliant and I love the fact that you say you're super connected to it because I can tell it, it's it's a real uh, passion and skill. And most importantly, it's, it's really making a difference. And there Thank is, you. uh, uh, you're welcome. And there's a, a greater, greater focus on 
neuroscience and the power of the mind and lots of talk uh, recently about mental health as well and what you talk about is um making a difference i mean let, let's talk a bit about that first of all just why has mental health in your experience become such a, a hot topic not only here in the uk but also just globally it's becoming a, a really hot topic why do you think that is yeah it's definitely uh a nice chunky question that question however there are things that come straight to the forefront of my mind i often when i'm in the conversations with organizations and companies and generally like adults slightly older than myself i'm 25 at the moment i have that there is this huge side to mental health that now it's just a process of humans are aware of the difficulty that it's always been here and I definitely think the mind has been going through a lot of difficulty for all of society but I do think there's some all of time I do think there are some significant alterations in how we live our lives now that are having a dramatic effect on the experience we have in our heads so to start off I think this dopamine chemical is so significant to understand I uh dopamine is just like a motivating energizing chemical that creates our desire to just contribute basically to do stuff with our time and simultaneously whilst dopamine's always been this motivating factor to originally get us to hunt and find food and build and raise kids and have sex and just do the things that kept us going as a functioning society and gave us this amazing rewarding feeling in our modern world we have really like hijacked that chemical with all of the alcohol and junk food and porn and social media all of this like fast pleasure stuff really does unfortunately even though society loves it crash this dopamine chemical out and when you're very low on dopamine, like biologically, that is what depression is. When you really crash out this primary driving chemical, the mind goes into a very low place. So the start of that answer would be a lot of fast pleasure all around us is deplete depleting this primary energizing chemical and leading to us getting into quite low, depressed, anxious sort of states of mind. Wow, wow. Um, and there's been... The rise in use of mobile phones and technology, mm -hmm. and and I introduced you earlier on talking about the digital world that we live in, digital society, and we've seen some of that even increase at a pace in the last two years with uh, the pandemic and more people at home, more people on gadgets, more people on their devices, um, staying connected, and and that's. On the one hand, it's been helpful for them to keep doing work, but on the other hand, it means that they've been on their devices um, even even more, which has mm -hmm. taken away a lot of the energy that they're experiencing, and therefore things that they're able to do in a in a really productive productive way. Um, yeah, I was what, just what gonna you, can go I add add on there? Sure, just yeah, talking about that the rise in the tech because. Also very important to mention early on how much I love this stuff. So when we're looking at the social media and the technology and the phones and stuff, I come from the point of someone that really loves it. I've always been super techie. I've loved my phone. I remember getting my first iPhone. That was a heaven moment for me in my life. So I don't come of it from the standpoint of like, all of this stuff is just causing us damage. Sure. Let's, let, let's run away from it. And I think what's very interesting when you look at like the relationship with technology is to understand like where is mental health most difficult in our society? What age group are having the greatest difficulty? And really the teenage age is really in a lot of difficulty now. When I go into schools, it's 
very rare for a, to meet a child that's not having some challenges in their mind, feeling quite anxious or feeling quite low. Like it's become very, very common in schools and colleges. And when I was at school and college, you hardly ever even heard these words. This is just like eight or nine years ago. You hardly ever heard these words. And very occasionally someone would be having a tough time in their mind. But it might have been like from a family situation that's occurred or something that would be more of like an external influence. And I do things in my sessions like get young people to put their screen times on the board anonymously and it's all like this interactive stuff and before covid you might see young people having four hours five hours a day on their phone like a decent amount for an adult that would be quite a lot to have on their phone post covid this year doing my teaching i see average daily screen times on the phone of like 15 to 17 hours a day on the device wow and even if you were just looking at good stuff, the, the, the amount of dopamine depletion it causes to the brain is just very tough. So like, even if it was just total heaven, what you were looking at, so great for the mind, it's just a lot of stimulation and pleasure, which just leads to like a bit of a dip in how you feel while you come back up after it. So yeah, it's just something for us to recognize and something we got to find a solution to for the young people, especially. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of the people, listening viewers and, and listeners who are the parents in particular are thinking about what does this mean for um, our, our kids? What does it mean for their engagement and their world? So we talk about adults being plugged into the matrix. I remember a few years ago, uh, a good challenge from my wife. I'd come home from work and I'd be at the table and still have my phone on and and I'm responding to emails and and her challenge to me is you're not being present here um, yeah, and so and so uh, we developed a, a rule a family rule now no phones at the dining table and um, I'm fortunate enough I can work from home so leave the phone here in in the study and then I I'm out um, but that took a, a challenge from my wife and, and me buying into that as well, because I know other people who would say, listen, I need to be on. I need to be able to respond to this um, message. And a lot of this. So at the leadership level, what I'm seeing is a lot of leaders facing burnout for all sorts of reasons. So it's not just about tech, but awesome. a lot of life's yeah. pressures and challenges um i mean one of the things that you talked about on on a session that i heard you recently was just the power of our words to ourselves as well and i I just love you to explain how is it that the things that we say to ourselves perhaps the questions we ask um can help us tap into more of these positive hormones within our our body yeah it's a good question reason I've just suddenly moved location is uh I like sitting out there in the sunlight one of the things I talk a lot about is how we need a lot more natural sunlight on our skin however the sunlight is a little bit hotter today and it's cooked my laptop so that is why I have now moved location but I'm here so in terms of uh in terms of this idea conversation we're having in our head this is a very significant part of our of our mental health and our entire experience we're all chatting away to ourselves in our minds and sometimes that voice can be like a bit tough to chat with it can be pretty critical and hard on us about maybe our work or our success or our relationships or how we're dealing with our kids or what we're eating or anything like that voice can can be pretty tough and 
the voice has that as an adaptive mechanism. Like we are as humans designed to be able to compare and criticize and enhance our behavior. So think like, oh, someone's doing something in a certain way. Why don't I adapt and do that in that way and embody that into, into my life? In our world now, rather than being a tiny little community in a forest, and I always talk evolutionarily because I think it's important to understand that we, humans have been wandering around here like hundreds of thousands of years as this biology was building. This is a relatively brand new concept, how we live now. So when we're in these giant communities, big companies, huge amount of people to look at, social media, everything like that, the mind has a great range of things to compare to about how we're living, how we're raising our kids, how we're operating in our company, all of these different aspects. So the critical voice can get quite loud. And I think that's a, one of the big reasons a lot of people don't spend that much one-on-one -on -one time with themselves anymore. It's a lot easier to always be plugged into the phone, looking at our emails, always working. And maybe walking in the quiet would be like a less usual thing to do now. And when we are chatting to ourselves, I think you can, can rewire this. You can actually create a different style of conversation that can be very valuable for the mind. So there's two questions I always ask myself. You could do this in the mornings. I think it's great if you do do this on walks, just because like out in nature, the whole body goes into a much calmer state. But first question I ask myself is, what am I happy about that I'm getting to experience in my life at the moment? So sometimes we can say what we're not happy about instinctively. Oh. So this is where you're, you're fighting the other side of that conversation. So what am I happy about that I'm experiencing? Could be relationship with your partner has been a bit better or something great's happened for your kid or you've made some progress in your work that you're happy about or you're seeing your friend on the weekend, anything. So you list this out and you just like get the mind familiar with a little bit of like internal reflection of what you're getting to experience. And we get to experience a lot of amazing things as humans now. Then you ask yourself, what am I happy about that I'm achieving in my work at the moment? And this is a really significant question to ask yourself because so many people finish their work day and you look at the amount of things you've still got to do and you think, wow, and you've been grinding out all day, loads of tasks, loads of calls, loads of conversations, and you finish the day and you head off from work, maybe you close your laptop or you travel home or whatever it may be, and you're just thinking, God, there's so much more to do and I can't believe I didn't get that done and all this stuff. And you, you finish your working day with this critical voice in your mind that isn't recognizing the ridiculous amount of stuff you have achieved. So asking yourself this question on a regular basis, what am I achieving? Progress in a project, better relationship with a colleague, whatever it may be, facilitated a good discussion in a meeting, anything like that you start to like fuel this other side of the voice in your mind. These put sort of more positive conversations, a bit more gratitude, really pump the chemical called oxytocin, which is our bonding connection, love chemical that basically makes humans <laughs> want to hang around other humans and have babies and have friends and be a part of the, be a part of a community. And when oxytocin releases into the system, it has an incredibly calming effect on us. So when we're say evolutionarily it's probably pretty important that we receive love and can give love because we're like a very social creature and when it's not there when oxytocin is low when we're a bit disconnected from ourselves and those around us and our family anxiety and stress levels will naturally rise because like the system doesn't want to be disconnected it wants to be connected so when you do these activities and you boost your internal oxytocin it has a very very calming effect so if you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed and a bit burnt out these kind of oxytocin based things, they calm the body, they calm the stress levels, make it much easier to operate, basically. Wow, that's incredible. And thank you for bringing to life the third um, uh, <laughs> coming through them. <laughs> I know, I know. It's amazing. And you know, what I loved about those two questions, you know, what am I happy about? What, what am I 
uh, happy that I'm achieving is I, you're bringing to light the power of focus and we can put our attention on different things. So I could be working with a team and, and look at all of the negative things that my team are doing or what we're not achieving or uh, how we're not crushing it in the market or we're not growing or not you know developing whatever. And Or I can look at Hey, what we are doing, what are those positives? How are we growing? How are we making a progress? And it's um, people describe it as when we were looking to buy our, our current car, we saw that car all over the place. You see what you're <laughs> focused on. You do. And if you're you focused, think got this car. <laughs> and that's like, wow. <laughs> or or there's another. <laughs> exactly. And then there are other times where you think, how come I've never seen this before? Because you've not been focused on it. And you know way better than I do that we don't have the ability to focus on everything out there. We're having to filter, we're having to choose. And what you're, with those two questions, the habit of asking those questions on a regular basis is we're being intentional about, about our lens and about our worldview uh, that does make us more um, optimistic and mm -hmm. able to give the best of, of ourselves. And, and you, you talked about retraining the mind. Is this, is it still a classic 21 day to make a habit or is it one of those things that you'd begin to see uh, a positive impact after a week, after two weeks of just asking those questions on a regular basis. What's what's the ability? Yeah, to I think that's important area to understand. I think typically with these formulas of certain amount of days of doing something will create the change. They're like they're pretty flexible because the human brain is so so like varied. So I think sometimes like it's a, a little bit a little bit generalized. I think in terms of value you can get, if, if, the, if you're listening today and you head out and you go for a little bit of a walk and you leave your phone and you ask yourself these questions, what am I happy about I'm experiencing? What am I happy about I'm achieving? You ask yourself these questions and you listen to the mind, you listen to what it has to say. When the, when the other voice comes in, just say, yeah, I understand you're there, I've listened to you enough and then come back to this, this side of the conversation there will be immediate value. You'll come home and you'll think, God, like I've got a lot of stuff that's pretty good that's going on right now. And mm. wow, I have been making quite a lot of progress. So you're looking at immediate value. Oxytocin is immediately pumping. And then in terms of rewiring the brain, the brain, there's this whole concept of neuroplasticity that the brain can adapt and change over time. I think yeah. a, a nice simple way to understand neuroplasticity is when you first get in a manual car and try and drive it how the whole visual <laughs> motor cortex isn't there like you, you sit down and try and put that gear stick try and do a clutch and there's just nothing there's nothing mm. in someone sitting in the passenger seat going just gently up and gently down it's like, <laughs> You're like what are you talking about <laughs> there's just there's, there's no like connection system in the brain that tells you how to do that then you do it over and over again you repeat the task and very quickly you can just suddenly like do it. You're not even thinking. And it's just like a mechanism that's patterned into your brain with these ideas of beginning to reflect a little bit more on like, where are you making progress? And what are you happy about your experiencing? If you do this, you ask yourself this question each day on, on your walk, or it could be a different time in your routine. If you won't walk, so like it could be after work, you ask yourself these questions in your commute home, for example, 
every time you're doing it, it's just like another time you successfully hit the clutch right. And you just think you've got to hit the clutch right, say 50 times before it begins to feel good and it begins to feel natural. So it's just mm. over time, it's going to become much more consistent and you get used to doing it and you build in the habit. But then just like how you can drive without thinking, you start to ask yourself these questions without thinking, like, I need to intentionally do this. And it begins to just be a style of conversation that's taking place in your mind. So I would say commit to it every day for the next five days, see where it takes you. I think the internal motivation will fuel itself. No, that's that's amazing. And I, yeah, I love that example because so many people can relate to that. There was a point where as much as we desired to drive, it didn't come natural to us, mm. but there was a desire, there was a goal. And a lot of the people listening to this want to be, better leaders want to be more effective want to be more purposeful and and when i think of leadership it's not just hey i want to be better in, in my performance in the workplace but for this to also transform the way that you show up as a friend the way you show up as a mother father you know son daughter husband wife whatever these sorts of things will begin to transform that area of your life because if you're feeling great about yourself um uh, during the day at work it will show up in um how you're interacting with uh, people uh later on um i think I, can i just add, add something on there just with sure. the leaders because i think it's a really good point you raised whatever's going on in our inside world is what we just admit outwards basically as you're saying so like however we're in our head it's very hard for that not to be the energy that we then bring to everyone else and we're obviously communicating with lots of people especially in a leadership position like you have a lot mm. of comms with people and employees and team members and whatever it may be if you really actively work on your way in which you're communicating with yourself and begin to highlight the positive experiences and highlight achievement instinctively and just very naturally that is going to then go downwards towards how you're communicating with everyone around you just like someone that's a very very critical parent probably is very critical in their own mind of mm. themselves and it's mm. leading to them being critical of others so if you're beginning to recreate this relationship in your head where you communicate with yourself in this way you're going to do it outwardly and then ultimately when you're looking at the performance of a team or the energy of a team or the mood of the team or the motivation if you have this team that's like wow look we're really lucky about the different projects we're getting to experience right now and we are making good progress you begin to raise the energy of the team as a whole and then ultimately progress happens faster so it's very significant a simple daily practice for yourself can have a big cascade of effect wow oh man that that's so so powerful um it reminds me one of the first books that inspired me about the power of our personal development as leaders was Stephen Covey's book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and one of the things yeah, he great book. talks about in there indeed <laughs> one of the things um, he talks about in there is that private victory precedes public victory so if you mm. want to have a, 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 an amazing impact as a leader so this public face how I show up how I lead the organization that the victory you have with people, the victory you have with your teams, the victory you have in leading the organization, the, the victory that is ultimately behind that is that personal victory, what you're doing in private, what you're doing to yourself, what you're saying to yourself. I love the correlation between a hey, critical parent, inevitably, you know, sort of critical self, and then that critique shows up for 
um, how you're interacting with people in, in the organization, right? But when you're able to bring that self-compassion to mm-hmm. yourself um, and nurturing yourself, you're more likely to be nurturing of others. And, and therefore, I love the idea of just raising the energy of the organization. I know a few people who think of the term CEO, not just as chief executive officer, but chief energy officer. And so as yeah, a leader- interesting. As a leader, how can you think of my primary goal here is I want to raise the energy of what we're doing here and and everyone here. And so therefore, how do I make sure my energy is as positive as possible and as high as possible? And therefore, how do I make sure the energy of my team is as positive and as high as possible? So um, some powerful connections there. I love it. Uh, just as as we begin to wrap up, we've talked about um, oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin. Is there any other one you want to get in there um, for, yeah. for our audience? And um, what is it if there is? And um, how could they use? What could they do as habits to increase that in their body and therefore um, see the impact in the way that they're showing up and leading? Yeah, cool. So I can share this in like a little bit of a way that will be easier to remember so i'll go i'll track back through them and end, okay. end with that one so with the uh the final one to mention is endorphins so endorphins is the one that i think humans have known for a long time i think it's almost the first one to really get popular oh things boost our endorphins endorphins are good just for a bit of context about endorphins endorphins are actually a pain reliever for a human it's not necessarily biologically designed to do things to our mental health it's actual biological purpose is basically if you were fighting a bear or something like that I mean that'd be a pretty difficult fight to win let's say a small bear and uh, it scratched you and in that moment you have to continue to fight you can't just give up endorphins release through your bloodstream to take the pain away from that scratch so you can continue to operate similarly if you're running away from an animal or a person and a stitch was there in the survival moment endorphins take pain away from us basically to continue operation With that in mind, the real value endorphins have to our mental health in the modern world is they are literally a pain reliever. So they reduce like pain in our minds. If our mind is highly stressed, highly anxious, if it's in that kind of painful state, they're incredibly relieving. What's interesting about endorphins is they basically are released. If you imagine they're this survival chemical, they help us when we're in pain. They're released when we do things that just physically like push the body quite hard. And oh. of course, you you have exercise there. Exercise is important. I think we know exercise is important. We've heard that lots of times. A little tip with exercise is on your walks. This is so, so like simple, but on your walks, if you like walking and aren't like, I'm going to go on loads of jogs, which is fair enough. I don't do that either. You can just, <laughs> if you just occasionally sprint the hills so like if you see a little hill oh yeah sure just nice walk occasionally sprint the hills anytime you really suddenly push the body endorphins are forced to activate because pain suddenly arise so you have the exercise piece you have uh, anything that's like dancing or singing like moving the body singing loudly if you've ever sung loudly in your car or something i thought wow this feels really good that's endorphins coming into your system things like having sex is a big thing for endorphins again it's physically using the body so that's just a simple rule with endorphins using the body physically like pushing it going to release so with the chemicals going to give you them all what's wonderful is you have dopamine 
oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. So those are your words. A nice dose. (laughs) Yeah, we've got dose down the side, which is lovely. So you have D-O-S-E, which goes down the side. So dopamine, the motivating one, the one creating all of your life and focus, very simply to understand it. If something gives you pleasure immediately, really quickly, and you didn't have to earn that pleasure, it will unfortunately go down. So you look at something as simple as like porn, Sex is something that you have to earn and put effort into to experience the pleasure of sex. Porn is like, here's all the pleasure. Typically, you won't feel too good afterwards. So you have anything fast pleasure will crash the dopamine. On the other side of that, anything in your life that's lots of effort and then gives you a feeling of reward. So the exercise, the focusing on your work, the building your team, the raising your kids, the cooking the food, anything that's effort will build it. So that's your dopamine, your motivator. Oxytocin, the connector. So just like creating love between us. So very simple, anything that you're going to do when you connect to another human, physical touch, sharing love, giving compliments, spending time with your friends and family. And then the internal stuff, how you chat to yourself and all those questions, that's your oxy. Serotonin, your mood, how you're feeling, your happiness levels, your general kind of really mental, healthy chemical. That's the one. Just remember, you it wants you to be tearing through a forest and being a hunter-gatherer. So Anytime you can be out in the natural light, in the sunshine, eating healthy foods, giving yourself rest. If you can never let yourself have a nap, maybe let yourself have a nap. That's the one that wants the body. And then the endorphins physically pushing. So you've got dose is what you're looking at. Those are the four. And uh, yeah, hopefully that gives a bit of insight. Oh, that that's uh, brilliant. I love that. I absolutely love that. And, and just by the way, on the last one, when you're talking about the endorphins uh we've got lovely woodlands near us and i went out for nice. a walk yesterday at um lunchtime and usually so there's a bit where i, I go up the, the hill into into the woods and then i go down again and, and sometimes i'll just circle around but i i found i noticed the track and i thought i'm gonna go back up this time and i was you know walking slowly and as i got towards the end i thought no let's let's race let's push <laughs> I wasn't aware of this specifically and it was this incredible feeling it was a feeling like wow Obi you made it to the summit you pushed yourself and 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 rather than amble slowly towards the end just that feeling of pushing it towards the end was I felt like rocky so it was that feeling you know climbing up the the stairs in in Philadelphia it felt a little bit like rocky there so it's amazing just to think that just that little moment was releasing some endorphins uh, within me so I love it. I think that's hearing your enthusiasm as you completed it. I think it's such a good point to raise is we as humans really seek for the experience of accomplishment. Like if you think about us keeping ourselves alive on this planet, like we have to accomplish a lot to keep alive, build good quality shelter and help our kids find food and all for hunt food and all this stuff. But accomplishment is such a core of what we are. And typically we're laser focused on accomplishment in our work and not necessarily as much elsewhere, like something as simple as racing to the top of the hill or anything mm. that you could feel like you're making accomplishment. Like, oh, I'm accomplishing seeing my friends more often on the weekends mm. or resting mm. a bit more in the evenings or cooking myself like proper healthy food that's going to be good for me. So striving for that feeling of I'm accomplishing stuff just raises all of it, really, and then helps you operate in your working place, which is key. Yeah, yeah. No, love it. Hey, TJ, it has been absolutely wonderful uh chatting with you today it certainly raised some of the 
Hormones are in me, that's for sure. <laughs> got some dopamine, the learning. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, and an accomplishment of a of a great uh, podcast, but with some powerful uh, insights. So, and thanks for that great summary um, at the end. And to all our listeners and viewers, I mean, we'll put, you know, TJ's details in, in the show notes so that um, you can connect with him. I, I hope you enjoyed uh, that. Uh, taking notes, do listen to this again, because this is really about uh, adding value to your own personal energy so that you as a leader can continue to go and uh, add value to others around you. Um, and just as, as a wrap up, remember that if you want to be a courageous and resilient leader, if you want to live life on purpose and with purpose, then it starts from the inside out. And you've heard some really clear neuroscience that it really, really does start <laughs> from the inside out. So uh, have a great day. See you on the next show. And TJ, once again, thanks a lot for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me.